Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible today? Awesome. I'm going to open up today with Hebrews 11:6. It says this. And without faith, would you say faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, it is our privilege to come in this place and to worship you. Jesus, you're our hero. We honor you. We honor your work. And we just declare our love for you in this place. And Lord, as we um, hear your word today, we open up our hearts. Thank you, God, for your ability to speak to every individual. Even as you speak to us corporately, we just know that you have a word for us in season for where we're at. And Holy Spirit, just teach us. Lord, I pray for the empowerment of your spirit, the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, that what's in your heart, may it be imparted today. We thank you for the authority of your word. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to take a journey back in the Old Testament to a pretty famous Old Testament story. Um, we're going to go to the book of Ezekiel. And uh, Ezekiel is this Old Testament prophet. And uh, he was a contemporary with people like Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. And uh, Daniel was also one of his um, contemporaries as well. Ezekiel lived before and during what was called the, the Babylonian, I was going to say baloney. Um, <laughs> I should have let it slip. I guess I kind of did. Um, the Babylonian captivity and uh, the Babylonian empire, they conquered Israel, burned down Jerusalem, the, the, they burned down the, um, the temple as well, so it would need to be rebuilt. And uh, the Babylonians took the best and the brightest young men, people like Daniel, um, into, their, um, into their keep, if you will. And Ezekiel lived before it and during this Babylonian capti captivity. Um, Jeremiah would warn the nation about what was going to happen, and they did not listen. And honestly, when this captivity happened, it kind of looked like it was over for Israel. It looked like it was over for the nation, because at that time in history, it was unheard of for a nation to be rebuilt, to be brought back together and gathered back together. And so that's the context of this scripture that we're going to read in Ezekiel 37 about the, the Valley of Dry Bones. Israel has been conquered uh, by a nation, and it looks like their history is over, but God. Amen? But God. Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. He... And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he sent me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons 
to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was, this, there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked at the tendons and the flesh that appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds, breathe into these slains that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And the next two verses kind of interpret what's happening here. Verse 11 says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Well, golly day. I mean, that's pretty intense, isn't it? Now, I do want to to give you a little caveat with this. God speaks to Ezekiel in this situation that looks so dire. But y'all, it would be decades before this would be fulfilled. But he's having Ezekiel prophesy it. Do you all remember Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, lands to prosper you and give you a, a, a hope in a future. Do you all know that one? We love that. Some of us have that on our home. If you keep on reading in that scripture, it says, but for now, you're going to stay where you are for 70 years. <laughs> I never see that on anyone's wall. <laughs> What's wild though is, you know, when you look in uh, scriptures like Hebrews 11, and it talks about these heroes of the faith, it says that they died having not seen the promise. Not that the promise didn't come, but having not seen the promise themselves. And even as we get into this message today, I want to challenge you. There are times when the Lord will have you speak things and prophesy things and believe things and pray for things, and you're not seeing it happen. Am I talking to the right people? That's what's happening with Ezekiel. That's what happened with Jeremiah. And there were other people who would come behind them. One of the things that that I've had a conviction of in in the Lord is some of the things he's led me to pray for. I've gotten okay with even it's my children or my children's children that see the promise. Do you see what I'm talking about today? Now, don't get me wrong. I want to see the promise, right? But I'm not forcing God's hand. But whatever he puts in my heart, I want to repeat it. Amen? All right, before I get to the end of the message... um, you know, this, this, their sin brought death into the community. Their sin brought the judgment of the Lord in that season. Um, their sin was judged with this, this Babylonian captivity. The Lord kept warning them, saying, turn around, turn around. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't listen to Jeremiah and the other prophets. And frankly, uh, the Babylonian empire did leave a lot of dead bodies laying there. And, there's the, and so this idea of a valley of dry bones, even though it was a prophetic vision that God is giving Ezekiel, it made a lot of sense to him. Like he didn't, I, I don't think he sat there and wondered very long, what are these dry bones? They had experienced it and walked through it. And the Lord asked this interesting question. It's so interesting when God asks us a question, like he don't know, right? Like he's curious. 
what are you doing here? Like, he knows what you're doing here. Adam, Eve, where are you? He knows where you are, right? But he asks you so that what's in your heart can come out, right? He asks you so that you can hear what's in your heart. I love Ezekiel's honesty um, because when he's asked, can these bones live? He says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, y'all, that's a diplomatic answer right there. I don't know, but whatever you say goes, I'm just going to go along with you because this is a pretty incredible vision. Now, what's also interesting is he had saw, he'd seen these, um, these bones come to life and he'd seen in the, you know, what's going on, yet there's this question in his heart. Can these bones live? Also interesting is that several chapters before this, Ezekiel's wife had died. And it was actually a sign that the temple was going to be destroyed. And so he's lost somebody really, really close to him. And the Lord's giving him this vision and saying, can these bones live? I think it, for lack of a better way to say it, really hit home, right? It reminds me of when Jesus came to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, Ezekiel's is a prophetic vision. Jesus going to raise Lazarus is a real-life story, right? And he, he tells um, Martha that he is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus asks Mar- uh, Martha, he says, do you believe this? And her answer to him is, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. He asked her if she believed that he was the resurrection and the life. And her answer was, I believe that you are who you say you are. Isn't that interesting? And so I think a lot of times we find our place ourselves in, in God in a place where like, God, we know you can do anything, but we don't know that you will. We know that you are capable, um, but you know, only, you, only you know if you're going to do this or not going to do this. And it, what's interesting is in these circumstances that I'm showing you in Scripture, God is trying to, if you will, blow faith into their, into their um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Into their sails. Thank you. That's the other half. I figured you, you were borrowing that part of the brain for a moment. I need it back. <laughs> Might be a three-quarters quarter split. I'm just being honest. Um, but God is trying to nurture and get some faith going and saying, what do you say? And do, what do, you, do you believe what I am saying? Do you believe that I can do this? And a lot of times we'll go to, I believe that you're God. And I believe that you can do what you say you do. And so um, Ezekiel answers again with sovereign Lord, you alone know. Are you, are you facing like an impossible situation in your life? Or is there someone close to you that's facing an impossible situation in their life? Sometimes it's, it's that, you know, someone that we love has walked away from the Lord, and it looks like they're, they're pretty settled in not coming back to the Lord and running hard and fast from the Lord and rejecting the Lord. And we begin to wonder, I don't know if they will ever come back. I don't know if they ever could come back. Maybe it's a, a broken relationship in your life that um, you've kind of given up on and just said, I, I don't think that relationship can be restored or can be you know, reset Maybe it's a financial thing that's happened in your life that just had kind of a devastating consequence in your life. Uh, maybe it's a physical condition, just like a health thing that maybe it's like, you know, I think that this is it. I'm just going to have to live with this or 
die with this, if you will, and this is just kind of what it is. I know one thing that the Lord's really, you know, put on my heart recently is just God's ability to touch mental illness and His power to be able to heal people and to minister to people where that they're, they're at in their lives. And, you know, I was at um, a building dedication for one of our sister churches last Sunday night, and uh, I had a word for the church. It's actually the church that Elizabeth and I grew up in, and so I got up and I shared this prophetic word, and it was, it was a really, I want to share it with you because after I shared the word with the church that it was for, I said, Lord, I want that word. <laughs> I, want you, I want that to be true for us. And what I saw in this word was I saw that the Lord had positioned the church like Gideon's army is what I saw. A picture that Gideon's army, you know, he had surrounded, even with just a few people, he had surrounded the enemy's camp. And uh, in the word of the Lord, it was, you know, with a, with a, with a, with a um, song of praise and the trumpet of praise and with letting the light shine. Do you remember in that story how they had the trumpet and they had the torch? And when they blew the trumpet and when they, they shined the torch, the, the torch, the enemy's camp turned in confusion on one another, thinking that they were surrounded by thousands of people when it was literally a few hundred. Remember that story? And then this word of the Lord that, the, um, that I was sharing with him, I, I believe that as we sh- sound our trumpet of praise and as we let our light shine, that the enemy's camp will go into confusion. And I saw specifically that God just wants to touch the lost and he wants to touch people who are battling um, mental illness. It's, it feels like, uh, and I've prayed this with um, in several like departments and areas in the church that were uh, especially young people, that God wants to touch people in what's going on in their own minds and their own hearts and break the power of depression, break the power of anxiety, and really bring people into a freedom in their lives and a peace and having what Scripture calls the mind of Christ. Do you believe God can do that? I just believe that, that, that he can do that. You know, when, when people come into a room like this and we're worshiping and we're, um, you know, just giving our praises to God, one of the beautiful things that's created is that atmosphere of the presence of God. Amen? And I tell you, that atmosphere, it melts hearts, it softens minds, it just really touches people where they're at, and it gives them hope. Maybe God can touch my circumstance. Amen? Maybe God can get involved in the area of my burden, in the struggle that I'm in, and his power can break it. And I believe that that is so. And so Ezekiel, in in verse 4, it says, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Fascinating is like, does God need Ezekiel? He doesn't need him from the standpoint of he has the power and the authority, right? But he tell, turns to Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, I have this thing I want you to say. I want you to say the thing that I'm saying to you, and I want a, you to prophesy. In other words, I want you to tell it like it's going to happen, like God is going to do this thing. God wanted Ezekiel to participate in the miracle. And I want to tell you all, This is absolutely on script with Scripture. 
You know, Adam and Eve are set in the garden, right? And they're told to take dominion. Like God gave them a place and an assignment and he had something for them to do, some participation for them. Jesus in the New Testament with the 72, it says that with those disciples, he gave them power and authority and he sent them out and they drove out demons and performed miracles and people came, came, you know, came to belief. Like our participation in what God is doing is not abnormal. But sometimes it can feel abnormal in our culture. God wants Ezekiel to prophesy it. He wants him to speak it. And that can make us sometimes nervous because of things like, you know, abuse like a name it, claim it culture. And when I say that, I mean from the standpoint of my naming it and claiming it is for selfish gain or trying to control a situation. That's not Christ-like. We don't We don't speak to control situations. We don't speak for selfish gains. But let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Because God told Ezekiel to prophesy it, to speak it. And what if Ezekiel said, well, you know, you got this. I don't think that's what the Lord was looking for. You know, if you're going to go build a house, it starts with an idea. You have to communicate it. You have to speak it. You have to write it down. God said, let there be light. And there was light and he built the universe. He spoke it because there was something he wanted to do and he spoke it. He shared the plan. And what God is doing is that he is inviting in us to cooperate with the thing that he is doing. And here's the key. We just don't make stuff up. That's the key. We seek the Lord we search his word, we speak the things that he puts in our hearts, and we, we speak the word that he gives us. We're not um, gallivanting around like you know, our own sheriff, just declaring whatever we want to declare. No, God comes to Ezekiel and says, prophesy to the bones, right? And when you're seeking the Lord for, for situations, the Lord can speak to your heart and say, this is how I want you to pray. This is what I want you to believe for. We speak after the Lord, we repeat His words, and that's what gives the words power, and that's what gives the word authority, is because He said it first. Can I say that to you again? We speak what the Lord puts in our hearts. We repeat His words, and because we're repeating what He says, that's what gives them power, and that's what gives them authority. So Ezekiel 37, he says, so I prophesied. This is verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Right? Bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. You remember, Adam was formed from dust. The irony is this is less of a miracle, right? At least he's starting with bones, (laughs) right? And so what did God do after he formed Adam out of dust? He, He did what? He breathed into Adam's nostrils, right? And so in verse 10, he tells him to prophesy again. And then in verse 10, it says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. 
Some of you would say, you know what, I have prayed. Am I talking to the right people? Some of you would say, I have spoken over the situations. But I want to tell you today, sometimes you've got to stick with it. Again, I'm not asking you to make stuff up. I'm asking you, what is God saying to your heart? And sometimes what happens in our own heart is we get disappointed by circumstances and things that didn't turn out, maybe things in the past that we have prayed for and we've asked for, and they didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to turn out, and that kind of thing. And then what we begin to do is we begin to hedge our bets through our prayers. And we begin to, rather than say, God, here's the thing I see you doing, Here's the thing that I see you doing in your word and beginning to speak after him. We, we just begin to hedge our bets because we don't want to be disappointed. You know, Ezekiel, he didn't see the fulfillment of this word. He was prophesying something that the generations behind him would receive. Moms, dads, I've got a question for you. Would you be willing to pray for things that your children received? Would you be willing to pray for things and speak some things that your children's children would receive? You see this story for Abraham. And it's articulated in Hebrews chapter 11. He died not seeing the promise. And yet by that time, his heart was set on a city whose builder and maker was God. He was good. And I pray that we would have that kind of maturity in our prayer life. Um, Maybe, maybe the fact that things haven't been answered the way that you would hope they'd been answered has caused confusion and that you don't know what the Lord is saying anymore. And you're, but I've got to tell you, it's okay. That happens to all of us. But I want to encourage you, like, if you're in that place, just continue to seek the Lord. Begin to push out all the noise. Push out your own dis- disappointment. Push out your own those things, and just say, God, I want to hear what you are saying. Not what I want, but what you are saying. And I want to hear from you. And I want to pray over my family in a way that, Lord, pleases your heart and that it aligns with what is in your word. Moms and dads, your ability to pray over your kids and pray in front of your kids, and pray about your kids' future. Don't underestimate the power of your prayer for your kids. Your prayers really matter to the Lord. He's hearing those prayers. I, you know, I've had seasons in my life where I started praying for my children. I started praying for their, their spouses. This is decades ago. My kids were little. I was praying for their spouses. started praying for my children's children's children. I was like, but I don't want to miss the next generation. Lord, I pray for that generation too. And just kind of praying over generations of people because God, God is moving. And he's not done. You know, for others, you know that the Lord has spoken and you know that God's word, what God's word says. Like you already have that conviction. And I just want to encourage you, prophesy to the bones. Like speak what God is putting in your heart to speak. Let him lead you and show you. And the beautiful things about you know, New Testament Christianity is the, the prophetic nature of the Holy Spirit being able to um, prepare your heart and ready your heart for what you need to do and what you need to say and what you need to pray. 
I'm going to invite the, um, the worship team to come up because I, what I've asked them to do is I just want to turn our, um, our, our last few minutes together into a prayer, turn this place into a prayer room and um, invite us to just pray over these circumstances. For some of us, what we need to do is we need, we've got something in our life that's a really big deal and maybe we've stopped praying the way we were praying. And you just need to seek the Lord and say, show me how to pray. And let him give you a scripture. Let him give you something in your heart where in that circumstance he shows you how to pray. It can be in your life. It can be in somebody else's life, right? Or maybe you're in a place where you know what to pray and you've just kind of, you've just stopped. And God's just saying, I want you to pray those words again. And for some of you, he's going to say, praying ain't good enough. I want you to prophesy them. I want you to declare what I am going to do. There's something about that. It's a, it's a faith thing that says, I agree with you, God, and I agree with what you are doing. Um, and the way we're going to do this is when the... Um, can pray where you're at while we're worshiping to this song. If you would like somebody to pray with you, you can come up to the front and have somebody pray with you. If it's a circumstance where you're just like, I need a brother or sister in Christ to just stand with me. Some of our prayer team will be up here but, um, and then if you have somebody around you that you're like, I just feel like I need to go pray with that person, like literally just turning it into a prayer room and you can just go pray with whoever you're praying with. If you're online and you're watching this morning live and, uh, or even later on, while we're worshiping, I just encourage you, just seek the Lord. You know, sometimes we'll, we sing and we do our thing, but we don't always take a moment and just allow God's word to like just become practical in the moment and what we need to do. But I want to tell you today, if there is an impossible situation, that's the one that you should be seeking the Lord about today. You should seek Him about the impossible situation. It's intimidating to you. It's not intimidating to Him. It's not intimidating to Him. He sees it, and He has a plan, and we just seek Him for His word and His plan. Would you stand with me today? And I'm going to invite the our... Um, our folks to come up and um, and it, I'm going to ask uh, Christopher this song if you'll run the, um, the volume just a little lower than full just so that as people are praying with folks they can hear one another if you're online and you decide man I really need somebody to pray with me today that kind of thing just email us friends at victorychristian.church give us your phone number we'll reach out to you and we will pray with you over the phone um, if that, that works for you amen you ready to seek the Lord and just ask to hear from Him? My dad used to always say, don't, don't be focused on your ability to hear God. Be focused on God's ability to speak to you. And He'll speak to you. Amen? Let's worship Him today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com 